Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. We've got a unique version of the show here today. Jim is live in Houston. He's been broadcasting all day. He's got to be exhausted doing everything he can do. We are all doing everything we can do, but Jim has been live on air answering questions about how to get these homes cleaned up, how to put lives back together, how just to get families back in their homes, get kids back to school, all the things that we in North Texas are taking for granted right now. Those of you that aren't taking it for granted that want to pitch in, let me tell you how you can do that. Head over to THIPro.com, THIPro.com. We've got a list on the website of things that you can go and purchase or bring and drop off at any local area floor and decor or Groves Electric. Then we'll get that stuff picked up and delivered. Trey Martin and his folks down at America's Choice Windows have volunteered their warehouse south of Houston. We'll drop it all off, and then they've got an army of folks that are willing to give their time and energy to get it to the people that really, really need it. Now, I've been taking calls all week from friends and family in Houston. That's where I'm from, and from friends and family in Dallas. And the folks in Houston are telling us the things that they need are, of course, they need water and food and clothes. A lot of people have been truly devastated. But the things that they're having the hardest time getting their hands on are literally the tools and resources to get this mess cleaned up. They need bleach. They need trash bags. They need crowbars. They need hammers. The stores down there are bought out. They do not have this stuff. So listen, the folks that we're talking to, they're not, they're not spending their time crying and, and being sad. They're getting to work, and they just need some help from us. Let's get them what they need. If you're thinking, how can I help, and you've been frustrated all week because you feel like you're sitting on the sidelines and you don't know what to do, this is what you can do. But we want to get them the tools they need to get the work done. If you head over to THIPro.com, we've got a list of what you can buy and what you can drop off. Any floor and decor or Groves Electric, we'll have the addresses. We'll tell you how to get there. We'll tell you what to bring, and then we will get it down to Houston to the hardest hit areas. We'll get it in the hands and the homes of people that really, really need it. Sending it back to you, Jim. Things that need to be done to be a legitimate contractor. If they don't have an office and they're just running magnetic signs on their truck, and this upsets a lot of contractors when I say it, if they're not running an office, they're running magnetic signs on the truck, working out of their truck or garage at home or whatever. They are not a legitimate business. Make sure they've got insurance. And I'm not talking just vehicle insurance. General liability is a must. Workers' comp is needed. If somebody gets hurt on your property and they don't have workers' comp, you can be liable for it. And, and I want to roll back on that permit thing. There's a lot of contractors who will try to talk the homeowner into pulling permits, and the main reason they do that, you now are responsible for that project, not them as the contractor. So if they bring in a subcontractor who gets hurt and you're the one who pulled the permit, guess who's responsible? You're running the job because you pulled the permits. It's your work site. Make the contractor step up and do what they're supposed to do. Now, there's a third side on this, and that's your HOA, your Homeowners Association. That's an animal all the way different. You typically are going to have to get involved and work with your Homeowners Association because contractors can't deal with every little HOA. And HOAs, don't be crazy about the stuff you're asking for. Some of you guys are half nuts out there on the different paperwork you want in order to do a little project. Stick with stuff that's reasonable to get these houses back in working order. And one last thing I'm going to say as far as your contractors. 
bring in somebody who's going to be willing to get your house up and running, get the AC going, get all the stuff dried out, then they can come back and do what needs to be done later. I tell you, if I'm lucky I didn't flood, but if my house flooded, I would do it the same way I did when I gutted my house 14 years ago and rebuilt it. I saved the master bedroom and master bathroom. That's where I lived for six months while I rebuilt the house. And a lot of people are looking to get in trailers, you know, and, and when we watched them in New Orleans go through Katrina, they had uh, the the FEMA trailers and all that. I want you to think about the square footage of those little trailers and how much more comfortable you would be if you just went in and redid the master bedroom and the bathroom. Because let me tell you, those tra- I stay in a trailer typically three, four nights a week because I, I work a lot of out-of-town projects. I go from job site to job site for my company. Those little bathrooms in the trailer ain't what they're cut out to be. Let me tell you, I'll tell you that up front. And, you know, in the, if you set up a master bedroom, you can have your bed, you can have an area to sit and watch TV and all the stuff and be fairly comfortable. If your AC system is ruined, use a window unit for a while. It's not going to hurt you. And, yes, your HOA will have something to say about it, but you should be able to get a temporary variance. If you're going to have to redo some air conditioning systems, take a look at a ductless system because you can put one, uh, get a ductless system that can have multiple cassettes on it, which is the units inside the room, and just install one right now for that one room that you're going to be using and set the rest up as you go. And what I did in my case is I, I did the rest of the house. When I finished the rest of the house, then I did the master bedroom and the whole house was finished. And that way, you're not having the expense of having to go get a trailer, pay separate utilities, and all this other stuff. It just makes it a whole lot more comfortable when you can stay in that one room. Find a contractor who's willing to work with you and do it that way. Again, I want to remind everybody, if your roof is what leaked, you don't need to call flood insurance. You need to call your homeowner's insurance. You will have deductibles to cover, those, so you'll want to know what your deductibles are first. If you don't have flood insurance, by all means, please make sure that you still document, document, document. Pictures of everything before you take it out. Because if you go to FEMA, SBA, any of the places they're going to be offering uh, low interest rate loans and stuff, you can use that as proof as far as what happened. So document, document, document. We're going to head back to Kingwood and Larry. Got a question on lower cabinets. We have replaced the lower cabinets. We replaced the sheetrock. We replaced the insulation. What happens to the upper cabinets as far as insurance-wise? So you didn't replace them. You tore them out? Yeah, we tore everything on the air. Okay. We got four feet of water and took yeah. everything out. Here's what's going to happen. You need to leave those upper cabinets in place for right now. Insurance company is going to come out, and the first – did you have flood insurance? Yes. Okay. The first thing they're going to do is say, okay, we're paying for lower cabinets. Correct. And you're going to have to show them that we can't find lower cabinets that match these upper cabinets. then they're going to have to replace the upper cabinets because they have to make you whole again. Correct. All right. What happens to the the exterior of the house at the behind those cabinets is hardy, hardy plank with on half inch plywood on the outside. Does that not have to be replaced? No. You think I can get the plywood dried out? 
uh, typically the plywood will dry out just fine because this was a, a case where the water came up, the water went down. Uh, it's usually attached very well because not only does it have the fasteners from putting the plywood on, but from putting the hardy over the top of it. Okay. Uh, in rare cases, will something have to be replaced, but normally you're okay with it. If I have spots that are like, actually, you can see where it buckled on the outside of the hardy. Then you those spots you would have to deal with. Okay, that's something I can argue or talk to with the adjuster on. Absolutely. Very good. Okay. And what was the ratio on the bleach quarter to three cups of water? Uh, no, one cup water for three cups. I'm sorry, one cup bleach for three cups water. Got it. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you much. You bet. Take care. And, you know, one thing we haven't touched on, if you end up having issues with your insurance company, that's what public adjusters are for. I'm not going to tell anybody, go get a public adjuster from day one, but should you have problems where you can't get them to get the house back whole and you have insurance coverage, that's what the public adjusters are for. Alan, this is Jim. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. You bet. Um, I, downstairs were uh, flooded to about 18 inches, but upstairs, you know, obviously it was hot. So I was just wondering what to expect upstairs. Is, is there going to be a mold problem or things like mattresses and rugs? Are they going to be ruined? Well, how much water did you say you got downstairs? 15 inches. 15 inches. Okay. So is the water out yet? Yes, it is out. Once you get the water out, start cleaning everything up. Get, uh, do you have power? I do not know yet. Okay. As soon as you can get power back on, you need to get your AC system uh, checked to make sure everything is functioning. But at 15 inches, you'll probably be okay. Get All right. Get the AC system going and dehumidify the house, and the upstairs should stay good for you. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate all the, the hard work. It's been very, very helpful. You bet. And uh, thank you much for the call. Good luck with that, uh, Alan. And, and, you know, I, I brought this up a little bit earlier. If you're in a house like that, you know, where the upstairs isn't, isn't uh, flooded, don't be looking at getting trailers and stuff to live in. Move in upstairs. Even if your whole house flooded, you're a one-story house. I would recommend you build out one room to live in while you work on the rest of the house rather than going to trailers. Not that tra there's anything wrong with trailers. I, I use a travel trailer a lot myself doing out-of-town jobs, but it is a whole lot more comfortable to have a regular room, and you got a lot more room to get around. Uh, you can set up a temporary portable, you know, uh, kitchen area and, and all the stuff to, to make it a lot more comfortable. Plus, you're there where you don't have to worry about, you know, break-ins and different things like that uh, because building materials are going to become a premium and we, you're, you're going to need to secure them on your property. Uh, and, and I hate to say that, but that is the, the hard truth of the matter. So, again, if, you want, uh, if you're wanting to... Uh, you know, save a little money on your rebuild because I know a lot of people don't have insurance for this coverage. That's one thing you can do. Uh, while we were talking there, I got another text from someone. Uh, they had a place that had four feet of water in it. Power's out. AC's not working. 
And even though they got the sheetrock and stuff out, they're starting to see some mold growing up on the sheetrock above. Absolutely, that's going to happen. They've got the windows open trying to circulate air, but that's why it's critical as soon as you can to start dehumidifying inside the home. That's what will stop that growth. But the the products we've been talking about, washing everything down with a bleach and water mixture or or getting the... Uh, chemicals that are that are used by the professionals for cleaning up after floodwaters like this. That's why all that stuff is so critical. Sherry in Memorial, how can we help you? Hi, Jim. I was um, first question is, as you know, over there, there it's mandatory evacuation. And I don't actually live in the area that I own several properties there. And I know everybody over there is really suffering. Right. They're continuing to um, release water and keeping it flooded, even though, you know, for whatever the reasons. How long can the property survive over there? Because they're talking two weeks, and I've heard up to a month to three months. So how long would a property survive without being condemned? Well, the fact that it's underwater is actually not going to condemn it. I mean, really, if you think about it, they go into rivers and stuff and pull up old logs to cut them up and use them for building materials. Your bigger problem is going to be the molds and things that are going to grow inside the home. And that is going to be done on a case-by-case basis. You know, it's it's just going to depend on what got into the house and started to bloom in there to cause the problem. And, you know, realistically, the worst-case scenario is you end up going in tearing all the sheetrock out. Uh, you end up scrubbing all the two-by-four studs and everything clean and then rebuilding back that way. It yeah. really it really should not destroy the framework of the home. What about the outside or structurally? I know that I've heard some people talking about properties being moved off um, foundations and different things like that, the electrical, ACs, all of that, wouldn't all of that be gone by then? Well, you know, if the structure gets moved off the foundation, it is pretty much toast. It's going to have to be probably tore down at that point because there's not a good way to pick it up and set it back on a foundation and secure it. As far as the ACs and things like that, they're going to be submerged long enough. All the electrical components are going to be shot. So those those will end up being replaced. So basically, the people that are over there, because almost no one in that area has flood insurance because it normally doesn't flood. Right. It's only with the release of the water from the dam that flooded everybody. Um, So majority of them, they don't have insurance. And if it gets down to where you're basically down to bare studs, you really are just doing a total rebuild, right? That is correct. Okay. Is there Are there any programs? Let me ask you real quick. I know FEMA's helping. I'll tell you what. Let me put you on hold for just a second, Sherry, and I will come back to you as soon as we're finished with this quick news, traffic, and weather update. You're listening to live team coverage after the storm on News Radio 740 KTRH. For people who own rental property, for landlords, for small, not like the big apartments, but just for small rental properties, FEMA doesn't cover, and like... Some of the properties we have are in that area that's mandatory evacuation that was flooded, and there are other owners there with us that none of us have flood insurance. Uh, is there anything that the city's going to offer, or have you heard of anything that's going to be offered to help rebuild? Um, because those properties are just sitting in water for right. the long haul. 
At this point, I have not heard of anything that's being offered other than uh, FEMA and SBA are going to be coming in and doing some low-interest loans. Yeah. And uh, uh, as a rental property, you should be able to qualify for those. But beyond that, I don't know about any grant money or any assistance that they're offering yet. Now, things are still evolving because, like you say, it's still underwater. It is underwater, and it, that's that's the problem. Is just if the water, you know, would if they would allow the water to recede, everybody would be over there working, but. Uh, you know, since it's sitting there, the, the damage is could just be astronomical. So, um, and without the insurance, majority of the homeowners over there as well, like I said, right. don't have insurance. So, well, it wasn't a, it was not a flood area, so it wasn't designated where it had to be. No, no, not at all. In all the years that we've been over there, there's it's never flooded. Yeah. So, um, at some point, you know, I know people in their own homes should come first, but we actually provide homes. For 12 families who can't go home, right. so we're trying to get to take care of them as well, and um, they're all going to be looking for new places to go to, and there's not any other rentals out there right now. Yeah. So um, I don't know if the city's going to, you know, try to help out with that, or you know, anything. There, like there that. are some organizations that are, uh, especially through the Red Cross and some of the other organizations that are already helping to locate housing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, FEMA has uh, hotel reimbursement information available as well to, to get for temporary housing. And then uh, I believe they're going to have some stuff set up to help find more permanent. And uh, that gives me the opportunity to throw the FEMA number out. It's 1-800-621-3362. And that's whether you're looking for you know temporary housing or to go ahead and get your claim filed. Uh, and and I would really suggest, even if you think you're not going to be eligible for anything, start the claim process now, because they do it on a first come first serve basis. And the line, you know, it'll take them a long time to work through this line of people. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, Sherry. Good luck with that. Benny, are you calling us from Orange? Yes. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing out in Orange? Doing okay, thank you. Hey, I got a few questions for you. Um, you've answered a couple of them for me, but I'm just uh, trying to figure out what do you do if you don't have insurance? Like my parents' home in Orange, they didn't have uh, flood insurance, right? So how does that? I mean, do they get? Is there some sort of federal assistance from FEMA for that? They heard that the people in Louisiana got that before. Well, and you know what? You see almost every time there's a natural disaster like this where FEMA will come in, and so does the SBA. And they make low-interest loans available. They make grants available and different things like that. And I don't know what all they're going to offer us on this one. I know they're already taking calls. Okay. Uh, and if you call FEMA right now, you can expect for the phone to ring an hour before somebody can answer it. And okay. I don't mean you're going to be on hold an hour. I mean it is just ringing for an okay. hour is what I heard in the newsroom a little while ago. But I, I will tell you, even if you don't have insurance, document everything that's happening to the house before you start removing stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, lots of pictures so that you got the proof to show this is what we're dealing with. FEMA actually, in, in a lot of these cases, will come out and look at the, the structure as well. And, you know, those pictures will help them for you to show them why you need the help putting it back together. Okay. And as far as what qualifies for grant versus uh, 
you know, a low interest loan. I, I got to be honest, I don't know what the details are on this particular storm. And so we're going to have to wait for those details to come out. Okay. And then the next question is, like, what's the time frame? I know, I know you were talking to the lady earlier in the Bear Creek Villages. What is the, what is too long to wait? What if, what if my parents can't get to it for six months? Too long. Is there any way that's too long? Okay, so what is a good time frame? I mean, that, that, that realistically, once the water goes down, you need to get in and get the wet sheetrock flooring, all that stuff out of it in the first three days. Wow. Then, you, after you get that done and you get the stuff cleaned up, then you can go ahead and, and you know let it sit there and wait. But if you leave all that wet material in there and the mold starts growing and all that stuff, you got much larger problems to take care of, especially if you're not covered by insurance. But even if you're covered by insurance, as the property owner, you have a responsibility to do these things in order to try to minimize the damage. So absolutely, okay. you don't want to leave it six months. So instead of waiting on contractors, just try to do it ourselves. As far as getting the initial stuff out, most of the time you're going to have to try to do that yourself. Now, you know, if you can get a contractor in there and say four or five days, yeah, you're fine with that. But if you got to wait four or five, six weeks, no, it that that is going to be too long. Wow. Okay. And then um, I, I heard you say bleach was probably the best chemical to use to kill the mold. Well, I'm not going to say it's the best, but it's going to be the most readily available that will take care of what needs to be done. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I had. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Benny, good luck with the storm. Marty in the woodlands. How, how are things in the woodlands? I mean, that got hit pretty hard up there. Yeah, there was some areas. My daughter actually had about six foot of water in her place. Um my question is, our place was okay. We're on the second story of an apartment, and below us, they got about seven inches of water in theirs. Now, the floor had bubbled up, and the walls are wet, but what the apartment complex says that they want to do is just drill holes in the walls to let it dry out. I don't feel that's sufficient, and I'm concerned that we're going to have an issue upstairs at some point. If they have a, a, a uh, restoration company come in, there is equipment where they can drill holes in the wall to dry them out. But usually that, that's only done if, if it's like a water heater that broke or something like that where you've only got an inch or two of water. Usually if you're getting multiple inches, like we're, you know, I think you said seven inches. Yes. You know, you're getting up into the point where that's not going to be really a, a good option. And if they don't have the equipment to be circulating air in that wall, it absolutely will not work. Well, and they don't. And my concern would be that it would be coming up the wall and into ours. Is that something I should worry about? Well, what what is going to – there is breaks between the floors. Uh, what, how old an apartment complex is it? I would say they were probably built in the 70s. Okay, well, then I take that back. Newer apartment complexes have fire breaks and things like that to keep things from going from one floor to the other. However, what we're going to be talking about is airborne spores from the molds and, and stuff like that. Yes, it could make it into your apartment. One of the key things to keep it out of your apartment is to keep your air conditioner running, to keep that unit pressurized, and that will help minimize them uh, being able to get into the unit. But 
they really need to get that thing dried out properly. And yeah. no, I don't think if you had seven inches of water down there, drilling holes and just trying to let it air dry is not going to fix the problem. Well, and the floors were already bubbling up because it's a vinyl flooring, and they ha- they are not doing a professional. They haven't done anything yet. They're going to just drill holes themselves and expect it to dry, and I just don't feel that's going to be adequate for what the amount of water was that was in there. No, and what they're going to find, especially on those linoleum floors that way, uh, that moisture is getting into the paper backing of the linoleum, and as it starts to mold and mildew, it's going to turn purple underneath there. Those floors are going to look like heck. They're going to end up tearing them out anyways. Right, and I just think they're trying to mitigate the cost. The problem I have is, my, you know, theoretically I'm supposed to pay rent today, and I'm wondering if I shouldn't be looking for another place to live. Well, I'm not an attorney, but I, I will tell you this. You cannot withhold rent for, for that type of item. Sure. Yeah, I mean, what I if I if you want to do something, you can pay your rent so you've got time to look for another place. But and then start looking. But uh, I think once they get into what they're doing, they're going to end up switching. David, welcome. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, down here in Lamarck, we have uh, about four inches of water in our in our house, and it's it's about half sheetrock and half paneling. And I think I know what to do with the sheetrock, but I'm not sure what to do with the paneling. Could you give me some pointers? Yeah. How long was the water on there? Uh, it flooded for about 12 hours, and then it receded. Okay. Uh, what you're really going to have to do with the paneling is is literally take a look and see how it's reacted. In some cases, it's sealed on both sides, very rarely, but it's sealed on both sides, and it does quite well. Most cases, what happens is the front side has a sealer on it. The back side is open. The moisture gets in from the back side. It starts discoloring, and the finish actually starts blistering off. Okay. It is kind of warping yep. in certain areas, and um, some of it's on the exterior part of the house, so I know there's some wet insulation. Yeah. Do I need to get that out? If it's blistering off, it's going to be the plywood part that's blistering that's not going to be salvageable. Uh, a lot of times when they use the paneling, there's also a uh, a wood baseboard. And if your home, since you only had four inches of water in it, doesn't have a wood baseboard, rather than cu- taking the whole wall off, you may consider just cutting off the bottom portion and adding a six-inch baseboard out of a wood to match what you've got and that would salvage the wall for you. Okay. Do and then I could get the insulation out from behind it. Correct. Yeah, by cutting okay. because you don't have to take all the insulation off, just the the lower pieces that got wet. So if you cut that 4 inches off, say cut it off at the 5 inch mark, that gives you the ability to pull off the insulation that's wet, stick some new insulation in there, put a spacer back in and then the uh, new baseboard and that wall is built back. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you very much. Um, if if I could ask you one more thing. Absolutely. We had, we had a, uh, we pulled the carpet out, and there's actually a wood floor underneath the carpet that looks like it's glued to the cement. Okay. Uh, do I need to get that out, too, or will it eventually dry? Chant, has it started buckling yet? Yes, it has. Okay. 
if it started buckling, you need to get the carpet off of it, try to dry it out and see if it'll lay back down. But chances are good since it was underwater as long as it has. And, and you know, the water's been out now for several, what, for two or three days? Yes. Yeah. If it hasn't laid back down now or at least started to lay down, chances are real good it's not going to. And worse than that, the glues got saturated, and they're probably starting to let loose. So I, you stand a very good possibility you're going to just have to take it out. Okay. If it does dry, do I have to worry about mold in it? No. No. You, as long as you clean it up you know, with a disinfectant, a bleach, something like that to kill stuff, uh, it should be okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Now, get your air conditioner going, keep the temperature down, keep those humidity levels low, and that minimizes the growth of the molds and stuff. Okay. Uh, we'll do that. All right. Take care. Susan, welcome. Hi, Jim. How can we help you today? I, hi. I'm actually calling. Uh, my son has a friend who lives in Katy, and he has chest deep water in his house. He can't get into the home. Uh because water hasn't gone down. And poor thing, he has a baby due in about a week. Mm. But um, I think the man that you just were talking to gave a lot of good information about what I was actually calling about, because I was trying to find out what the best thing was for him to use on, uh, like, to get the mold off the studs after they get the sheetrock out. Yep. And would you say that one of those antimicrobial products he was talking about would, would absolutely be i mean I, what i've been telling people is you can use bleach or right. the microbes and uh the the mm -hmm. the, the, the uh the stuff he was talking about actually does a better job because it soaks in mm -hmm. and stays there okay um as far as like with the uh flooring when they take up carpet and they have the concrete do they need to treat that with a that same type of product? Yes. And the main reason is, you know, a lot of uh, the water, you know, especially now, the, the waters are mm -hmm. very contaminated. In fact, on my way over to the station this morning, I was talking with uh, Gary, my AC guy, and he was talking about one of his rent houses, how the sewage came up through the pipes, overflowed in the toilets and everything, and into, into the tubs and uh, you know, got all over in the house. And this is in the water wow. then, so it's, it can affect the neighbor's house as well. So you just have to make mm -hmm. the assumption you got sewage in the house. Sure. The um, What about, like, with a granite countertop? Now, I know whenever you buy, buy granite, uh, sometimes it's sealed really well, sometimes it's not sealed at all. But would wouldn't that absorb a lot of water and it, bacteria. It, it, it does absorb the water, can absorb the bacteria. It needs to be cleaned and resealed when this is all done. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.